welcome to church, everyone. Happy Sunday morning. Woo! That was a delayed response. You guys need a little bit more coffee to wake up. Yeah, that's right. Okay, so um, if there's anyone new here, we're so excited to see you and to have you with us today on Father's Day. Um, and the rest of you are all right. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, be sure to be sweet to your dads today and love them a lot. Okay, so we've got some announcements. Maybe just one announcement. And this one's pretty important. So for those of you who are graduated, who are not in college or who are of graduating age and who are finished with college life, um, we are opening up what we call the Chulas team. So the Chulas team is our church leadership team. I don't, that name doesn't mean anything. Brad made it up. I don't know what it means. Um, but so it's, this is the team who makes our church run. So the people who are doing the setup on Sunday morning, who do outreach events, who welcome new people, who coordinate with the focus ministries to welcome college students into our church, these are the people that get that done. So there are um, four different Chulas teams. One is outreach. So these are people who are doing outreach events. Then Enreach, who are welcoming new people into our church. We also have Operations. That's the one I'm on. <laughs> that's what makes Sunday morning go. So all the nice people who put your chairs out, do speakers, that's Operations. And then Focus. So the Focus team coordinates with the Focus ministry to, to welcome college students into our church and to serve the Focus ministry as best as possible. So those are our four Chulas teams. So if you're interested in being a leader of our church, we're going to send around a sign-up. So those four options are on the sign-up sheet, and you can rank your preference from one to four. If you're already on a Chula team, you still have to sign up again because we're revamping everything. So if you're on a Chula's team that you secretly hate, you can just like put it as number four, the least interested. Number one, the most interested for the one that you've secretly been wanting to be on all along. Okay, so we're going to pass that sign up. Does that make sense? Do you guys have any questions about that? Okay, great. I think, is that everything for announcements? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Okay, so I'm going to pray over our offering and pass it. It's going to go all the way across and back. Um, and then our worship team, come on up. God, thank you so much for just um, being the ultimate good father and for giving us an example of what the love of a father should look like. And I ask that you be with those of us who are missing our fathers today and feel that in our hearts, and you be with those of us who maybe don't have the best relationship with our father today, and that you remind those of us who have really good fathers that you're who taught them what that love looks like. I ask that you bless the offering that we give you today and multiply it to do your purpose and your work in our community. Amen. Okay, there we go. We good? Cool, cool. So I, I want to say a happy Father's Day again to um, all the fathers in the audience. There's not many of us here, but uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, Grant and Shayla, happy anniversary to you two today. Well, yeah. The big one today, so that's that's exciting. So, um, a lot of lot of good stuff going on today. Let's uh, let's pray. God, just uh, thank you for being the father that um, David and um, Melissa 
prayed about earlier, and we just want to continue in prayer, Lord, and thank you for who you are and what you've done in our lives. Lord, we pray for your spirit now, which is part of you, and uh, we just pray for this talk on community, Lord. May it be about you, and may it encourage us and point us to you always. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We're going to, Leslie last week kind of introduced a article uh, a kind of a theme for this this month, solitude to community to ministry. And uh, Miriam is going to be talking about ministry next week. But my topic today is going to be talking about community. Do we have that picture yet? Oh, there we go. Got community. You know, I just kind of took uh, a slogan from uh, our culture and put it up there with our community because that's us. And I don't know if I'll you can see all of you up there. I am actually not in the picture. Um, so I'm not sure how that happened that uh, they took the picture the weekend I was gone. But anyway, I, I know where I was at. So uh, anyway, it's all good. So anyway, today we're going to be talking about community. And the thing about this is I'm like, I was like, wow, talking to focus students and post and hello, past and present focus students on community is kind of like talking to Brad, teaching Brad about cars or teaching uh, Kevin about technology or something like that. I'm like, wow, these, the, you know, what, what, what can I be teaching the, uh, a lot of the past and present students a focus about community? But I'm so thankful for, for focus. I really am. Uh, I saw it t- take off um, 20 years ago and what God has done in that and just how many young people have been equipped to be more like Jesus through focus and you guys have really blessed us, um, the focus, the focus students, and um, hopefully we've been able to bless you too. But I look forward to um, talk about this subject today. I want to first, before I get started on that, though, I want to put a plug in for small groups. Uh, if you're not in a small group, I want to really encourage you, if you can, if your schedule allows, to uh, to join us this summer in small groups. I think this is a great opportunity for all of us to just connect even more so, the, the college students and the post-college uh, students, to really connect a little bit more um, and to get to know each other a little bit more. So I would want to encourage you in that. It's a great opportunity to just to do life outside of our normal service. You know, we can only do so much on Sunday. It's a great opportunity for you two guys to get together outside of this service. In small groups this week, um, I know our small group did this. You had a chance to watch a video on the public reading of Scripture. And in this video, it talked about how Moses started the practice of reading scripture in the Israelites. This practice helped the Israelites focus on God and remind them where they came from and where they were going. As we know, as long as they were reading the scriptures, things were going well and they were being reminded of how to stay in touch with God. But when they quit doing that, things started not going well. When Joshua died and they forgot about where they were from and what they were doing, things didn't go well. So this practice kind of helped them keep going and keep reminding them of what was important. And this article, Nowen's article that Leslie introduced last week, talked, part of it is talking about community, but it's also what I want to do instead of really focusing on that article is kind of taking it a a little different direction. And I want to give us today three short reminders of why community is important. So I want to kind of do that to help us remember those things that are important to God and all of us. 
Toward the end of my sharing, I have a, a couple of people, Quincy and Andrea, are going to come up and they're going to share kind of their perspective on community also. But my first point today is a reminder that number one, God values community. God values community. From the beginning of time, if you think about it, God created community before the beginning of time. You have the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. So he had community before even this earth became about. But early on from the beginning of the earth in Genesis 2, in verse 18 through 22, God said, it's not good for the man to be alone, which I think is funny. Those of you that have taken God to decide with me, always, I always laugh when I talk about that scripture. It's good for man to be alone. We, it's just kind of a funny scripture. I'm sorry. So uh, it says, I'll make him a helper, a companion. So God formed from the earth, the dirt of the ground, all the animals of the field and the birds of the air. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. Whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. The man named the cattle, the birds of the air, named the wild animals, but he didn't find a suitable companion. And so all of you animal lovers out there and all that, okay, animals are great, but that wasn't going to fulfill our human, our human needs. God put the man into a deep sleep and he slept. As he slept, he removed one of his ribs and replaced it with flesh. God then used the rib that he had taken from the man to make woman and presented her to the man. So we see here that God has valued community ever since the beginning, even um, from the beginning. But in doing so, he's give, he gives us marital relationships. In this situation, there's man and wife, which is a, a marital relationship. And he also gives us non-marital relationships that help sustain us in this life. Ultimately, God is sufficient for our lives, but he knew human, human beings needed community. The Bible has many scriptures that talk about how we should interact in community. In Hebrews 10, 24 through 25, he says, And let us consider how we may spur one another toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day approaching. Proverbs 17, 17 says, A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for a time of adversity. And then last, Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. And there's a whole lot more. God created community. He wanted us interacting with people. He wanted us building relationships with people. He wanted us to doing life with each other. Paul Tripp, who is a well-known author and minister, reminds us that we, that reminds us what happens what happens when we try to go at it alone? He calls it the foolishness of self-sufficiency. And it goes like this. We all like to think of ourselves as more independently capable than we actually are. We weren't created to be independent, autonomous, or self-sufficient. We were made to live in a humble, worshipful, and loving dependency upon God and in a loving and human interdependency with others. Our lives were designed to be, to be community projects, yet the foolishness of sin tells us that we have all that we need within ourselves. So we settle for relationships that never go beneath the casual. Anybody guilty of that? I am. We defend ourselves when the people around us point out a weakness or a wrong. We hold our struggles within, not taking advantage of the resource that God has given us. The lie of the garden was that Adam and Eve could be like God. 
independent and self-sufficient. We still tend to buy into that lie. So we see what happens when we, when we, we think we can do things on ourselves. Guys, we're so guilty as human beings of being prideful, of we can do it ourselves, we don't need anybody else, you can't help me, you can't understand me. That's Satan's lie to all of us about how we should live. I want you to, th- something to think about at the end of this point. Do I value God's design for community or am I trying to be a lone avenger okay, or ranger Okay, for us old people, older people? Do I value God's design for community or am I trying to be a lone avenger? Reminder number two, kingdom community is not normal. Okay, you've probably heard, if you've been around, um, I don't know if, I'm sure they say that in focus some too, that God doesn't do normal. Well, Ronnie Worsham says that. Well, where do you think I got it from? So anyway, <laughs> we don't do normal. So you, if you think about Jesus, think about Jesus' relationships. You had Peter, the sword fighter. Okay. You had James and John, sons of thunder. You had Matthew, who was a, not a real probably popular person because he was a tax collector. And then you had the others, including Jesus, Judas is a chariot who as we know the story, betrayed Jesus. This is not your normal group of people, okay? Now, if I was going to form a football team or a soccer team or a speedball team, I would have probably picked these guys to be on my team. But for relationships, may or may not have. But see, Jesus saw the potential in each one of them. And he, spent, he first spent time in solitude, like Leslie talked about last week. He spent time in solitude asking the father who needed to be in his circle. He didn't say, okay, I'm looking for this guy because he's cool and this person is popular and this person has a degree and all that. He asked the father who needed to be in that inner circle. And he spent countless hours praying with and pointing these men to Jesus. Even with their shortcomings, Jesus didn't give up on any of them, did he? Even to the end, he didn't give up on any of them. As if... I understand church history correctly. All of them but one, Judas, lost their life pointing people to Jesus. And all of all 11 of them started a new a revolution that changed the world. Henry Nowen says in the in the solitude article that Leslie shared last week that community is the place where the person you want you least want to live with always lives. Right? Community is a place where the person you least want to live with always lives. And sometimes that person happens to be us. I'm going to use an example from our church um, for just how God doesn't do normal. And I've actually asked uh, these two individuals if I could share some of this. And they said, okay, with some reservations, because they didn't know what I was going to talk about. But I was going to use, I'm going to use uh, Tony and Joe as an example. Um, for those of you, uh, most of you, I think, know Tony and Joe. But anyway, in our world, it's not probably real normal for um, a college student to, to befriend an older, stu- an older person, an older person. And when they first met, they met at their apartment complex. And I can't remember how you guys met. Um, 
it was like a, a water issue or something like that. Was that right? Where's Tony at? It was, it was a water issue, I think, this is how y'all first met. When to use the Lord, how to learn to use a remote. Okay, that was different. Water issue was a different thing, I guess. So, uh, And um, what was funny about this is they really didn't have much in common. You know, Joe was a baseball fan. Tony liked soccer. Joe liked Pink Floyd. Who knows? Who's ever heard of Pink Floyd? Okay, music group. Okay. Tony thought Pink Floyd was a drink at Tex Tapas, I guess. I don't know. So, you know, you kind of get my point that uh, they didn't really have a lot in common. But Tony knew the best way to help Joe was to point him back to God and his community. Now, understand that, that God had grabbed Joe years ago, and Joe, and Joe grabbed onto God too. But then Joe left God. He left God. He ran away for a little while, and God brought him back. And I think he probably left again, and God brought him back. And then, but this time, little did Joe know that God would use an international student from Africa to bring him back again, which if you think about, that's not really normal. It's not really normal. That's not how, how things usually work, but that's what we do in community. Okay? That's what we do in community. When we love on people and we serve people and we do what we need to do, that's what we do. That's what I like about having our college students this summer in our small groups and um, hopefully this fall too, whatever that's going to look like. But we get to create some cross-generational um, relationships within community. If you read in the Bible, God didn't do normal. Think about the stories in the Bible, some of the stories you like. The crossing of the Red Seas, the raisings of the dead, the raising of the dead, healing the lepers, things like that. That wasn't normal. We've got in our church, we have a lot of not normal. We have married couples buying a house together. We have college students offering places for people to live. We have people choosing to befriend the unfriendly. We have people with different political and religious viewpoints getting along for the sake of the kingdom. That's just not normal in the world. When we give our lives to, to God, we choose not to do normal and thank God for that. Okay, something to think about. What unnormal, not normal things, call it what you want, might God be asking you to do for the kingdom? What not normal things might God be asking you to do for the kingdom? I would encourage you to spend some time in, your, in solitude this week just, to, just asking those questions to God. Is there something God's wanting you to do that's not, that's not normal that he might want you to do for the kingdom? And then reminder number three, investing in community is worth it. Investing in community is worth it. Acts 2, 42 and 40 through 47, which are some of the more familiar community scriptures of the New Testament. In verse 42, he said, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. 
Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. I'm going to give you a a story. Um, My son calls me a classic because I'm, I guess, a lot older or older and have a lot of stories and things like that. It's just kind of funny. So um, in the mid-70s, there was an older couple in a small church up in Oklahoma that um, had of modest means, and they actually had a, a older adult son that had uh, special needs that they took care of. And back then... Um, the camp, um, kids would go to summer camp, the church camp in the summer. And now we have teen camp and kids camp and all that. But back then they had like an older, um, older kids and the teens actually went to the older elementary school kids and the teens actually went to camp together. And so what happened was in this story is that these two of the young boys that were wanting to go to camp that year uh, their parents didn't have the money to go. So the, this older couple helped those kids go to camp, helped, helped pay for them to go to camp. And the kids went to camp and they had a great time. It was one of the, you know, the best times they'd ever had and all that. And they really enjoyed camp and doing that. Well, the young boys grew up and the youngest said that one day he wanted to be a part of the church community that would send their young people to camp. And to make a long story short, I was the young boy in that story, okay? Somebody 40-some-odd 40, 40 years ago invested in me and my brother to go to camp. And this Friday, we're going to be going to our 20th jam camp for our churches. And because somebody invested in me to go to camp 40-some-odd years ago, that gave me a vision of what God could do through the through our camps. And I thank God for that. I thank God that he gave me a vision so that that is something I could that I could give to my kids and I could give to other kids. And thank God that, like I said, this Friday, we're going to have our 20th jam camp. And I'm so thankful for that. So my, my point in all that is all the resources and time you invest in for the kingdom will be worth it. It may not, you may not see the, you may not see the benefits right now, but who knows that that couple has gone on to, to see Jesus, but who knows what your investment now will mean down the road. Does it mean that everybody that you invest in is going to give their life to God, to Jesus? No, probably won't. And you may think it, it doesn't matter or whatever, or, 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 you know, this person didn't give their God to God, so it was a failure. Well, don't think that way. Remember that everything you do resource-wise, time-wise, money-wise, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it, whether you see the benefits of that right now or later, or if you ever see the benefits of it, it's going to be worth it, okay? As long as you leave it on the field, and I used to coach, and that's what I used to tell my kids when I was coaching, leave it on the field, God will take care of the rest. Don't ever think your part doesn't matter. It all matters to God always remember that. I've asked Quincy and Andrea to come up here and they're going to come up here one at a time. 
and share what it means to them to be in Christian community. Because I wanted you to see um, some different perspectives, somebody from Focus, somebody that was not in Focus anymore. And then Judy Davis was going to share, but Les is not feeling good. So she is not going to be able to. And she's somebody that's been serving God all of her life or a lot of her life. And so you're going to hear from different perspectives. And what I want you to listen to is what things, what reminders may God might be, oh, hello, what reminders is God telling you about through their words? What things is God telling you through their words? So Quincy, why don't you go first? And then Andrea right after that. All right. Um, so I'm going to share um, what um, it means to be in a Christian community. And for me, it's growing up in my household back home in, in Malawi. For those who don't know, I'm from Malawi. Um, and yeah, here it goes. So, um, yeah, when I think about Christian community, I think of my household, um, growing up with my grandma and my family. Um, my grandma has a huge heart for people. And um, she had her younger sister who passed away. And um, she immediately took responsibility of raising the kids. She then um, firstly had my aunt, Joanna, live with us. And as a, as a teenager, she, you know, as teenagers have like sometimes little respect for adults. So she did. She always argued with my grandma um, about petty stuff um, and call her names. She'd run out of the house and would go spend nights at a boyfriend's house. Um, she really did not value school because um, at that time my grandma was trying to get her to, to get an education so that she could help her younger um, siblings. Um, and eventually she, she dropped out of school um, and ended up um, getting pregnant and then moved in with her boyfriend's house, in her boyfriend's house. Um, this broke my grandma's heart and everyone else in my family because um, all of us were investing in her and wanting her to have a better life. And then a few months later, uh, my grandma brought my other two aunties who are related to my aunt Juliana, Georgina and Chikondi. They also had little respect for my grandma um, and they would argue on a regular basis. They too dropped out of school, got pregnant and moved in with their boyfriends. These girls would call my grandma really upsetting things to the extent of blaming her for the death of their mom. Still kept relationships with all of them till today and loved the, um, the grandkids that came along. She continued to bring other people to the house regardless of the experience she had with, other, of the, um, with the three girls. Um, and it was really tough for us because they would just kind of like suck out our, our resources and really not um, come up with anything um, from that. But here are three things that I stand out to me when I think about a Christian community. First thing, patience. It is important to be patient with people regardless where they're at with their relationship with God. These girls I mentioned in my story ended up becoming believers as they remembered the love my grandma extended to them because of her love for Jesus. My grandma ended up ministering to the families of these girls and other families in the village where these girls came from. They now have sweet families and they really, really love my grandma. Um, community is a place that extends grace. My grandma knew about God's grace, and these girls repeatedly messed up. 
like a lot. It was going to be easy for my grandma and my family to give up on them, um, but we knew um, that God loved loved them, and um, my grandma especially didn't give up on them. She extended forgiveness quickly and welcomed them back to our house and loved them all the same. And last thing, it, a community is a home. These girls knew that they had a home. When they stayed with us, they would express that if they didn't feel at home, they wanted to go back to the village. But when they would go back to the village, they would express how much they miss our house, how much um, they miss our grandma, my grandma loving them. Till this day, they visit my grandma's house and treat it as their home. The home that had really tough conversations, exchange of somewhat not good words, a home full of dirty dishes that my grandma would ask them to clean, but also a place that ex- they experienced God's love through my grandma, the new Jesus, and experienced grace and forgiveness. Thank you. All right. Um, I'm a reading teacher, so I have a story and just some thoughts to share. And I think, like being a teacher, we have some stories and examples. And I did a watercolor painting that I'm going to show you when my story is ready to be told. But needless to say, I... <laughs> what? Oh, was it? Oh, no. You, oh, go ahead. Put it up there. I don't care. Um, so we don't forget. So my name is Andrea. Like I said, I'm a reading teacher. I love telling stories. I think it's pretty meaningful, and you just grasp the idea and the message behind it. But needless to say, what does it mean for me to be in Christian community? Well, I think about verses like serve one another humbly, uh, carry each other's burdens. I also think about this verse from Romans 12, 15, rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. So I think about what does it look like to rejoice in a community? And I don't know about you, but being in my early 20s, it's the prime time to be invited to these weddings um, and seeing people, my friends, my brothers and sisters becoming one, being a family. And that is something to rejoice over. Um, I love when witnessing that and being part of that. And each time that I'm at a wedding, I notice that our community takes up a lot of space, like a lot of space. Um, and I think that says something about our community, that we show up, we're there for that moment to become one, and I think that is something to rejoice over. Last Wednesday, I got the news that my coworker and fellow believer, Justina, um, was in labor. And by Thursday afternoon, she delivered her baby, uh, Zayden. Um, she was texting us in a group message soon after he was born, picture and all. And a part of me, I was, I was thinking, um, why are you texting us? Just be, part of, be, be with your family. Don't worry about us. But in the grand scheme of things, she was rejoicing and wanted me to be a part of that. Um, You know, the unbelievable superhuman being that she is, by God's grace, she survived the hours of labor. All praise belonged to God in that moment. Um, So what's the flip side of the verse? What does it mean and look like, you know, for me, for us to mourn in community? Um, For that is my story And it's a personal story that I haven't shared hardly with anyone. Um, And this is a story that happened a week after my mom died. So my mother died spring of 2017. 
from an accidental yet so preventable death. I was devastated. That word I found out that has the true meaning when something like that happens to you, those words become more real. Um, my friends from this community was over at my house along with my roommates. Together we watched a movie and it felt normal and it felt familiar and it really mattered to me that they were there. So after the movie was done, I wanted to step outside to my backyard. Maybe I was done joking and laughing. Maybe I was um, on the verge of an outburst. I can't really remember. But grieving does that to you. It's an emotional roller coaster. Um, you feel like things are the way that they used to be. And then all of a sudden you feel like, is this real life? Is this really happening? So I stepped outside to the back patio and I looked up. And outside, I saw shooting stars, just a couple. And naturally, I called for those to come outside, those that were inside. And it's probably one of those moments where you see something, and then you want people to see it, and then you bring them, and then it doesn't happen. Um, but who knows? So maybe we're looking at the sky of stars that are there or not there. I, I can't remember. But minutes go by with being outside, and people were starting to head home, uh, leaving my roommates and I alone. So I head to my bedroom. And despite the fact that I shared a room with two other girls, I was alone. And that was pretty uncommon because we shared a room. The lights are off and the room essentially feels like a dark abyss waiting to swallow me. I flopped on my bed wanting to do just that, just to be in it. And I begin wailing, right? I just let it all out. And this is not a soft, gentle cry. This is like Noah's going to come for the second flood. You know, it's like no stopping it. So, and this is like, you know, a child in a store not getting what she wants. And essentially it is that. I didn't get what I wanted, my mom, um, due to the circumstance. So moments later, my door opened. Someone is approaching me. Someone's approaching my bed. And then someone's rubbing and patting my back like they're seriously next to me. Brittany begins to speak in her soft, meek, gentle voice. She says, you know how you saw shooting stars tonight? When my dad died, I saw shooting stars as well. And in that moment, I felt God was telling me that my dad's okay. And God was telling me to trust him. You saw shooting stars tonight. And I like to think the same for you and your mom. And after Brittany said that, she started to sing to me. I never had a friend nor a parent sing to me like Brittany did. The song of her choosing was Because He Lives. That song brought so much meaning to her journey of grieving her dad and brought so much meaning to mine as well with grieving my mom. She sang and consoled me, and she didn't leave until I fell asleep. You could say that Brittany is a great friend, sweet, a good person, you know, whatever that means. And she is all of those things. Brittany and so many of you are my brothers and sisters. If you confess that God is the Father, therefore you have the Holy Spirit dwelling in you, dwelling in us. Brittany has the Spirit, therefore God was in that room. God was there in the moment in the most simplest ways through Brittany. Fulfilling, Brittany is fulfilling the part of the verse, mourn with those who mourn. And I pray that we come forth as a community of what God has done and praise and rejoice these instances in our lives. 
I pray that those that are mourning, whatever that looks like, to share them with people in our community, as scary and vulnerable as it is, because that is what community is for, is it not? So rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn and everything in between. As a community, just be present and alert for these moments. Don't complicate it, just keep it simple. Yeah, I want to just close with that. I just, I mean, that's what they just shared is, you know, with her, with Brittany and her friendship and um, Quincy's grandmother, just people in your life that have really um, invested in them and loved them and been there for them. And man, that's, that's what it's all about. That's what, that's what God expects from us in community that it's not going to always be easy and it's not going to always be normal or whatever, but you're going to be there for people. And so something to think about, I want you to think about someone that is invested in you, somewhere in your life, who's invested in you. And I want you to, anytime you get a chance this week to thank God for that person in your life and thank God for the community that you have. We're going to finish up today with um, a prayer and, and then communion. And for those of you that may be visiting at communion, we'll have some people at the back holding uh, the goblets and you'll dip the bread into the juice and partake of that. And then after that, if, if we could kind of, if everybody could kind of help pitch in and put the chairs up, um, then we'll be dismissed for the day and you can go out and enjoy your, uh, the day, Father's Day, however you, you uh, are going to enjoy or celebrate. So uh, let's go to God in prayer and then we will, um, you'll be dismissed to communion. God, I just want to thank you for community. I thank you what you've done here, Lord, in our small piece of the world. Because um, we know your community is so much bigger, Lord, and you have people all over this, this world um, serving you. Lord, I want to thank you for the people that have served us and that have invested in us and from when we were young till now, Lord. And we thank you for them, Lord, because without them, we don't know where we would be. But we know that you love us and that you will take care of us and you will put people around us if we just trust you and are, are faithful with you. Lord, help us always to, to value community the way you do. Help us to see community as you see them. And help us to realize that, Lord, one day it will all be worth it. That, that our investments and just trusting our relationship and being with, in relationship with you will be worth it. God, I just want to also um, pray for uh, Jam Camp 20 coming up and just uh, thank you for the 20 years that you've given us. And I just pray for safety in um, transporting kids up to camp and that everybody will have a great time and we will just love being around um, other believers 24-7. Uh, Lord, I just pray that one day this church will send some kids to jam camp and uh, that would be a great thing. And we look forward to Willow in a few years going and maybe some others. And we pray for that. Uh, Lord, we pray for Les uh, Davis and that he's dealing with some health um, issues. And we just pray for him right now, Lord, that uh, the doctors will be able to find out what's going on with him and that um, uh, you will provide that healing. Uh, Lord, I just pray for communion now, and I thank you for um, uh, 
reminding us, and this is an opportunity as we speak of, of reminders today, of reminding us who you are and what you did for us and how you died for us and showed us how to live. Lord, uh, thank you for loving us and thank you for this time in our day. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.